Welcome back to another Sunbelt Pages podcast. Last year was a ton of fun. This year is going to be even more fun. It's myself. It's Scott. Scott, we've, we've been wanting, I've been itching to do a podcast with you since the end of last season. We didn't get uh, a chance to get together earlier. Uh, maybe that's my fault. Maybe that's your fault. Maybe that's the Sunbelt Conference's fault for not getting us more content. I think the Sunbelt baby steps, they're getting better at uh, running their own social media, doing their own thing. But I'll be honest with you, we do a much, much better job. Yeah, the Sunbelt now has its own football Twitter account. So good for them, I guess. Yeah, no kidding. It's it, The thing is, it's like, like I said, baby steps. Um, I haven't been super impressed with the, the content that they're putting out. I'm going to give it my Bobcats a shout out here later in the show because uh, it's some of the stuff they're doing. But unless you want to do a lot of preseason stuff, I say let's just get into it with the first game of the Sunbelt Conference football season kicking off tonight, Thursday night at 6 p.m. with Coastal Carolina, our Chanticleers facing off against the Citadel. And I thought this was excellent, Scott, because you if the only reason I know where the Citadel is, I know anything about the Citadel, is because they were the team that got their butts whooped by Alabama. And I thought it was fitting that the Sunbelt Conference's Alabama faces off against the Citadel to start the Sunbelt Conference football season. Yes, I learned where the Citadel was a couple of years ago when we went on vacation to Charleston, South Carolina. Beautiful city, by the way. But that's when I found out where that was. I had no idea it was like a military academy. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I think the spread is like 34 and a half. And the, uh, the over-under is 54. Coastal's going to come really close to that over-under line by themselves. So I think the best play here, without even getting into the actual game itself, is probably the over on what, 54, if that's what it is. 56 but, right now on ESPN. 56? Okay, still, I'd take the over because uh, I, I think Coastal is just too much power offensively. Um, there's not a whole lot to talk about as far as, you know, what's what's new, you know, what's returning, all that stuff. Almost everything's back. Uh, the, the, the big things are I would look at kind of the details. You've got a freshman who is replacing Teron Jackson at defensive end. That's some seriously big shoes to fill. We just found out that Jackson – did make Philadelphia's 53-man roster. I really hate that he's at a non-Dallas NFC East team, but it's whatever. Um, but that those are some huge shoes to fill. I mean, he he was hitting the quarterback twice a game at Coastal Carolina last year, and he's they, that's a freshman. I'm sure it'll be several other guys. And the other place I'm looking for is how are how's Coastal going to build depth at wide receiver and running back? They used like one receiver last year. They don't have C.J. Marable anymore. So those are two, those are three things I'm gonna be looking for out of Coastal Carolina at six o'clock tonight. Yeah, what's crazy to me too is that Coastal had one of the best young quarterbacks in college football last year. Guess what, Scott? He's still really young. Grayson McCall is still one of the younger quarterbacks in college football. And the Citadel, not known for their, you know, big play potential. I also want to add something in here. So I just moved to a new city, Scott. And this is the third city I've moved to from college, the last one to this one that has a train. So if you can hear the train going in the background, that's I, happening here. We have a train behind our apartment. I was trying to figure out if it was our train or your train. 
No, it's my train. It's the trains of North Dakota coming through, rolling through the hills. All right, so Coast Carolina, Grayson McCall, what do you expect from him this season? What do you expect from him in this game? Um, I think you're just trying to avoid the dreaded sophomore slump, but I heard all offseason from the coaches and the players, there's not going to be a sophomore slump from Grayson. He's looking sharp. He's looking good. He's getting after it. He's working hard. There's no telling because there's no telling what these Sunbelt defenses are going to throw at you after seeing a, a year of your film because he came out of nowhere last year. He was a third-string quarterback before the first game. So that there was no preparing for him. But this isn't a Sunbelt opponent. It's the Citadel. I'm not even sure if the Citadel played last year. I don't think they did. So this, I think this is a great opportunity to kind of warm up, to tune up. I, I think I read the other day, maybe today, that uh, the Citadel, when they did, the last time they did play, they were not good defensively. No. Not at all. And the problem is, too, is that I couldn't tell you uh, a Citadel conference opponent. I couldn't tell you a, a regional opponent. For the Citadel, I can tell you this. They end up always playing a top 25 team to start the season. So, shout out to them. I love a team that's going to chase a bag. We can get into NIL stuff later, I think, in the season. Talk about some guys that are making some money off that. But I also want to continue to move this forward. And we have to hit East Carolina, App State. So, the two best teams in the East facing off tomorrow, t- tonight, Thursday night, 6.30 kickoff on ESPNU. This is an interesting one, Scott, because East Carolina, not a team that I think a lot of people are paying super close attention to, especially in the Sunbelt Conference, App State only a 10-point favorite. Uh, App State goes unranked in the preseason top 25 poll. Coastal Carolina gets ranked. And then, of course, the Raging Cajuns get the Raging Cajuns uh, get ranked as well. So App State, you know, their fan base, one of the louder ones on social media, not super excited about Coastal, not super excited about the shot to clears. I think tonight's a night that they could make a statement. What do you expect out of this East Carolina App State game? I, I noticed the line like you did. I thought it was a little low, but that's just because we're so used to that App State name and the App State brand. Uh, it might come from Chase Bryce. I mean, App State fans have deflected it and argued against it all offseason. The 20-something turnovers that Chase Bryce had last year at Duke, that that did happen. You have to take that into account. And he's behind a an offensive line that lost three stars. It is App State. It is a former offensive line coach who's who's leading this team right now. But losing three starters is still a big deal, I think. You're, you're not going to be as good as you were last year. You might still be pretty good. You're not going to be as good as you were last year. I think App State's got a phenomenal group of wide receivers. Cameron Peoples at running back is obviously, you know, probably the best in the Sun Belt right now. But at quarterback and offensive line, if you don't have those two things working out for you, that's a big question mark right now. So I think that 10 points, that's Vegas probably hedging its own bets and just just being careful because quarterback and offensive line, I don't need to say it. That's extremely important. That's the two most important things for any football team. And App State, those questions are not answered. I think what's interesting about App State this season is that if they stumble out of the blocks early, they're going to play upset later. And that what I mean by that is that App State last year, I think, thought, and you know, rightfully so, that it was their division to lose. And then Coastal Carolina came out became America's darling. They were, I think, if you talk about the 2020 season, 
between COVID and, of course, the national champion Crimson Tide, I think Coastal Carolina makes out Mount Rushmore of things that we think about when we think about the 2020 season. App State does not have a team that I think is can I, – honestly, I do not think the Mountaineers can compete with the Chanticleers or the Cajuns when it comes to winning this conference. But they can play upset. And I think that East Carolina is going to give them more than they can handle in this one. I'm picking East Carolina to win this game, Scott. And I think that App State later on, when they kind of figure out some stuff, that they're going to they're, they're gonna move forward, I think. I don't know anything about East Carolina. I know they are the bottom of the barrel in the American Conference. And I like to think App State is better than that. All right. But – Having said that, I gave App State just eight wins this year in our predictions in the the magazine. I think that's the lowest they've had since their first season in the Sun Belt. So I, I think I'm on the same train as you are. Well, <laughs> I like that. The only thing is, is that I have to say App State, we got to bring this up at some point. App State, the 2007 victory over Michigan, the anniversary was just uh, uh, a couple days ago. Hats off to them. That is why they're the, the most recognizable team in the Sunbelt Conference because of that upset win against Michigan all those years ago. So, all right, let's move on. Baylor, Texas State. This is where I got to pitch my Bobcats a little bit here. I want to give a shout out to their social media team because they're working 10 times harder than the Sunbelt social media team. They actually, Scott, and this is what I love, sports information directors, notoriously lazy. Texas State, not to know, not known to have a ton of like, you know, super, uh, you know, I like the SIDs, don't love the SIDs. They've got one guy now, he's done a position by position review for the, the team. How easy does that make my job where I can just click a link and talk about the entire quarterback room, the entire running back room, especially a team that lost a lot, a ton going into this season when it comes to that wide receiver room. I think that they've reloaded. They open up against Baylor as a 13-and-a-half point underdog at home. I don't love that, Scott. But Baylor, a team that they're on their last leg. The Big 12 is on their last leg here. Uh, do you expect my Bobcats to win? Because I expect my Bobcats to cover. I don't know so much about winning. You know, I'm actually trying to look up what the spread was to the Texas State-Boston College game last year. Because I guarantee you, it probably wasn't very close. No, it was uh, Boston College 17 and a half. And what was that, like a four-point game? It was a missed field goal away yeah. from a win. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, <laughs> Baylor is <laughs> – I watched the game. I felt like a Texas State fan that night because it was – it was brutal. That sucked so much. But anyway. On the ACC yeah. network, we, we got the, the B level of ESPN commentators. We're going to get good ones for this one. It's on ESPN Plus, so I know that we're going to have Brant Freeman, the voice of the Bobcats. That's going to be great. Baylor, they did not get anything. No repercussions for their sexual assault scandal. They're going to get repercussions for the Big 12 falling apart. They're going to lose a lot of recruits in the next couple of years. If Baylor wants to win this game, honestly, it's going to come down to, I think, the trenches. Texas State, not known for having a great offensive line, had an okay defensive line the past couple of years. If Baylor wins this game, it's going to be because they, it's going to be because they won the Battle of the Trenches, Scott. 
Yeah, that's actually exactly what I was going to point out. That's what I'll be watching most. This week is just going to be a lot of watching for certain things for me. Out of Texas State, it's that offensive line. Texas State is one of a couple teams that completely retooled for the most part up front. Uh, you know, bringing in an NFL guy to coach that group. You go and get some talented transfers, uh, and some of them end up starting. Of course, Liam Dobson fully expected him to start, and he is. I'm surprised it's that right tackle, all 330 pounds of him is that tackle. Uh, yeah, he played guard and center, I think, in Maine. Uh, then Charles Fletcher from North Carolina State is going to start as well. So I'm interested in seeing if Brady McBride can stand in the pocket for more than what 0.7 seconds, which I think was his average last year. If I had to, you know, time it myself, it was it was rough. Every time I turned on a Texas State game, McBride or Vitt was running to the sideline every time he got the ball. I think this offense can do so much more if their quarterbacks just have a moment to breathe before they throw the football. And that's what I'm looking for today. It's Tomorrow. taken that three thing. years, Scott, for Spav to really instill his offense. I think. His offense is not bubble screens and comebacks. His offense is pretty unique wide receiver patterns. It's pretty much, hey, we got a quarterback that can let it fly. Brady McBride is QB1. He's been QB1 since he's got here. Tyler Vitt, the only reason that he's still on this roster is because of his leadership. Uh, I do not see him being a guy who's going to be playing a ton of snaps this year, especially with Caleb uh, in the back, uh, in the quarterback room. It's going to come down – this game in particular is going to come down to McBride's play. It's offensive line play. But if Brady McBride, my guy, can do an incredible, do a decent job, a knock-up job, he knows where he needs to put the ball. He's going to be fine, I think. All right, let's move over because I could talk Bobcat football all day. Uh, ULM, Kentucky. Now, Kentucky opens up as a 31-point favorite at home. Uh, a 31 points over under they're essentially saying hey ulm is not going to score a bunch of points ulm the butt of pretty much every single joke i heard a good one today the louisiana lafayette changed their name from louisiana lafayette of course to louisiana and the joke was why didn't uh ul monroe think of that that you can just drop the city that you're in must be nice they could have been louisiana they missed their chance uh, I think that they missed their chance uh, being a competitive football team. They're a couple bad seasons away from being relegated to FCS. They kick off at uh, 11 a.m. on the uh, SEC network on Saturday. Scott, the floor is yours. What is there to say about ULM? Nothing. They won't release a roster. They won't release a depth chart. Terry Bowden won't talk about his team. I mean, what is there to say? And this this team, we when we – put them in our magazine we had to put an editor's note in there that ulm was giving us nothing and they had no roster they had nothing we know who's starting at quarterback it's rich rodriguez's son Rhett rodriguez uh but terry bowden still says that multiple quarterbacks are going to play and the two quarterbacks that uh went back and forth last year they're still on the roster they were terrible last year i don't know how much better they are this year all i'm going to say is this team has, I want to say, according to an article I read, 62 new players on the team. I, here's the thing, though. You can't get any worse than last year. I do expect Yulman Monroe to be better. I don't know if it's like, you know, win two games better, but maybe they will actually be winning a football game at some point during that football game better. That's what I think. You know, they've got a guy from Wake Forest 
I don't know how this happened. Wake Forest inside linebacker, starting inside linebacker, all conference, transfers to UO Monroe. Why? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But he does. And and that actually gives you Monroe a really nice combo inside linebacker because Travion Webster is back and he was one of the uh, more active linebackers in conference last year, maybe out of necessity uh, because there was just nobody else on that defense. That defense was probably on the field a whole lot. But that's that's the main thing. You're going to watch you Monroe get smoked by Kentucky, but. You're just going to look for the bright spots. You're going to look for who can, who competes, who who's competitive, and uh, just kind of go from there. I'll say this. Kentucky was a top-10 team a couple years ago. They weren't last year. If they want to win games in the SEC, this is a really good tune-up game for them. You know, see what you got. Uh, ULM, though, we I mentioned, I teased this earlier with the uh, uh, name, image, and likeness. Is there any player on that roster that you're thinking, like, hey, if I was – business owner i'd want to sponsor this guy like i you know what i mean like uh, 62 new players okay well, now we get a little bit of new blood in here but come on man like is there even a pizzeria who wants to throw a kid a check there's i don't think so there's this is the most unmarketable team and unmarketable roster in the Sun Belt. i mean when we were coming up with our uh we had special edition magazines right where we had 10 special edition covers and 10 10 players from every team and we're looking at like Grayson McCall and Carlton Marshall, like big names like that. Every team's got Jerron Morris. We every team's got the big names. We get to UL Monroe, we don't know what the hell we're gonna do. There's there's nothing there. And then when we pick Travion Webster, UL Monroe doesn't have a picture of him. Their best player, their best defensive player. They don't have a full body picture of Travion Webster. So we got to pick this random. I, don't, I think it was a running back who may or may not start against Kentucky. I don't even know because they, they got a couple transfers in. That's how unmarketable this team is. I mean, they don't even try to market their best players. and It's it's sad. And, you know, let's just pile on a little bit more here. What does ULM do well? Like, here's the thing. Do they have a nursing program? Do we, we have an engineering program that we could, like, market? Because the football team's unmarketable. The basketball team's not very good. Uh do they have a baseball team? I can't remember a single time in my life that ULM came to San Marcos to play. You know, it's it's very forgettable. We'll put it that way. All right, shifting gears here. We got to talk about another 11 a.m. kickoff. Let's go to Hotlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, where Georgia State faced off against Army. Army's coming to town, which is kind of surprising. I did not expect Army to go on the road, especially to Atlanta. Um, they open up as a two-point favorite on ESPN at 49 and a half point over under Georgia state. They are the forgotten team a lot. When we talk about good teams in that East division, because app state and coastal Carolina kind of run that division. Do we expect Georgia state to make a push this year? And what can we expect out of army in this army game? You know, first of all, army did go to Georgia state, not just two years ago. I mean, this is their second trip to Atlanta in three years. I was at that game two years ago, and it was the fastest football game I've ever seen. It, it just beautiful. I wish Army played every team that I go see play. Like I want, I want, I want Troy to play Army every single week. Get out of there in an hour and a half. I don't know about Army. They run the triple option. They're a good football team. They've gotten really good in the last few years under uh, with Jeff Monken, I think. Uh, 
what I mean, what is there to say about Army? They're going to do the exact same thing they do every single game, every single year, and that's compete. That's be in the game with everybody they play against. Georgia State, that's the big question. Can Georgia State be as good? I sorry, my wife was getting the dog out of the room. I lost my train of thought there. So, all right, let's talk Georgia State here because there's another guy in the social media platforms loves this team, roots for this team, covers this team. And I've always said, like, hey, if we want to pretend that we're analysts, we can. I'm a fanalist here. I will be the first to say that, you know, I'm rooting for the Bobcats. When it, whoever they play, I'm rooting for the Bobcats. But I'm going to shoot you straight here. I think Texas State's going to be okay. Not good, not great. Georgia State, to me, we might be pumping ourselves a little bit too high on the Panthers, maybe, uh, because – I have a lot of questions at the quarterback position. And the, like you said, quarterback position is the most important position. I just, there's some things that I need to see cleaned up before I uh, put too many eggs in that basket. What do you think, Scott? I think the only thing you need to win a, a title in the Sun Belt is a top two offensive line. Quarterback doesn't matter. Wow. Uh, it's, it's a great, I mean, you don't have, you just need to be competent. Okay. Look, look at any app state team that won a Sun Belt championship. Zach Thomas. How were did Taylor did Taylor Lamb just blow you away as a quarterback? Did you look at him and go, oh my God, this guy's amazing? No, did, did Zach Thomas blow you away? Did People you look at him and think number one quarterback? Come on. People thought he was gonna be in the NFL, Scott. You know the that's true. Okay. All right. He's, that's he's game managers. Is Levi Lewis? Levi Lewis is good. Is he the best quarterback in the Sun Belt? No. Yeah, look, Brady McBride, if we want to do toe-for-toe, pound-for-pound talent, yeah, you know, he's pretty good. You don't need anything else. You don't even need a good or a great defensive line to win in the Sun Belt. And that's that's a fact. Uh, Louisiana last year, dead last in tackles for loss. Dead last in the conference. That surprised me when I saw that. Coastal Carolina couldn't stop the run. Great pass rush, could not stop the run. You only need an elite offensive line. I'm not saying Georgia State has that. I was just taking a sidebar on the quarterback there. I like Quad Brown. He's athletic. Uh, he improved a lot last year. If he does the same thing, I, I think that he can be really good. In fact, last year he improved a lot competing against like three freshmen. This year he competed against a transfer quarterback from Furman and uh, another guy he competed, competed against last year who was also better. So I think the competition was a lot better for Quad Brown this offseason. So I, I'm expecting a big step forward for him. He's got all his wide receivers back. He's got some of his best offense. He's got, I think, all five offensive linemen back. The running back room, Destin Coates is probably the second or third best running back in the conference. I think this offense is going to be fine. I really do. Let, let's, wrap the, let's wrap up this game. Does Georgia State cover? Does Georgia State have seven wins? Georgia State wins, covers. I have them reaching eight wins for the first time in program history. And for the first time in program history, they will beat App State. That's not a super hot take because I think App State's regressed a little bit. But, okay, I'll take it. Let's move on to the game of the week. And Auburn. You think they're going to beat Auburn? Back-to-back weeks. Auburn, App State. That is a hot take. I don't think they beat. I don't think they beat Warhawk. All right, game of the week. Ding, ding, ding. Your Raging Cajuns versus my former 
Texas Longhorns, the brand of Texas. Now, this is an interesting one because if Texas loses – Why are they my Raging Cajuns? If Texas loses, then we get to make a bunch of no-gas, all-break jokes. Uh, if Louisiana loses, they're kind of going to be forgotten, I think, in the national conversation. Now, I said earlier today, Scott, in our group chat, I said that I think Louisiana wins this game. They're an eight-point underdog on the road. I think Louisiana wins this game, and they win out. I have the Louisiana Raging Cajuns winning the Sunbelt Conference this year, winning out, having a perfect season, only to lose in their bowl game at some point because they'll be a top six team at that point and have a, a New Year's Eve bowl or New Year's Day bowl. I, this is my take. I think Louisiana is going to win out, and I think that they're going to shock Texas on the road. Texas, Sarkeesian, they are not ready for the brand of football that Louisiana is going to bring in to DKR. So Louisiana is going to beat a ranked Texas on the road. They're going to make it to the conference championship game and beat a presumably ranked Coastal Carolina. Yep. And according to you, that puts them in the New Year's Six. Yeah, I think so. I think that they're going to win a bunch of games in a very dominant fashion this year. And we need they for their sake, they need another Sunbelt team to get ranked in the top 25 outside of Coastal. They need to have at least one more ranked team. Or they need to do what Coastal did last year. COVID's still a thing. They need to get a team that is an independent who is looking for a team to play on any given Sunday or any, I should say any given Saturday, my suggestion, what's Notre Dame schedule look like? Uh, I'm glad that you bring them up, you know, because my, my counterpoint to this whole thing was going to be Cincinnati who has a phenomenal schedule for a G5 team that includes Notre Dame. Yeah. They also play Indiana. And of course, being an American, you've got teams like UCF and Memphis that you got to go up against. So even undefeated Louisiana with two ranked wins, I'm not convinced. You know, if Cincinnati loses one game that whole schedule and it's like to the right team, it's like to Notre Dame, I think 11-1 and or 12-1 Cincinnati gets in over 13-0 Louisiana. I would not be surprised if we see a Cincinnati. This is another one. It's September, what, 2nd? This is my take. I think that we see a Cincinnati slash winner of the Sunbelt Conference. So – I think that's going to be the bowl game. But I think both of those teams are going to be ranked in the top 10 at least. And somebody's going to say, hey, we'll take that game. I don't know about that. I don't know how that'll work out. I, so? I have a feeling Louisiana is going to get like, you know, UTSA again or something. Uh, if right. they win the conference, right. they're not getting UTSA. Rank, rank number 12. If they're, if they're not the top G5, Louisiana's ranked number you know, 12, 13, 14 in the country. They they might play against uh, UAB. Come on. It's the Sun Belt. We don't have any good bowl games. If you don't make New Year's Six, you, okay. you're out of luck. All right, that's fair. Let's talk Georgia Southern. They play Gardner-Webb uh, in a game that does not have a line, does not have a lot of information. What do you want to tell it me? It does. It does. I okay. gave you a line. I gave you a spread. I went and found it. I searched – big i searched wide i searched deep i looked underneath the bed and in the closet it's like 28 or something okay so they're a 28 point favorite at home um statesboro georgia i don't really care that much about this game i'm not putting a lot of uh, eggs in this basket i know you'll care it's a 5 p.m kickoff on espn3 what is your take my take is don't be so sure georgia southern is going to handle this game 
That's my take. That's my take. You lost Shy Wirtz. The starting quarterback that you've been practicing with all spring and all summer, Justin Tomlin, his grades are bad. He's going to miss the first two weeks. Now you got two freshmen that don't see the field. Cam Ransom, true freshman. Sam Kenderson has played like six snaps ever. They're going to they're gonna trade snaps, I think, in this game. Don't be so sure that this is going to go swimmingly for Georgia Southern. A team that has notoriously struggled against FCS teams, they barely – I have to find out. They played an FCS team like last year, and it did not go well. So my Hold thing on. is, Scott, I know you really love your degree. I don't know where mine is. Um, when did the Sunbelt Conference become, I don't know, the Pac-12 when it comes to academic success? Like, he, your grades have to be awful to be missing a game in the Sunbelt Conference. This is not, this is not an elite uh, education conference by far we are we are not the harvards and yales this is not ivy league this is barely poison ivy league okay the, you know yeah. what are i don't we- look at, I, I don't know i don't look at georgia southern and think you know i i need a i need a 30 on my act to get in here yeah what how what are you doing in class my guy what is happening for you to miss a game by the way with uh Shy words at quarterback, Georgia Southern beat Campbell 27 to 26 last year. Oh, that's right. That is correct. What will we do without you? All right, Arkansas State, they open up their season against Central Arkansas. This is a team that you got a lot of heat for last year for supporting. Uh, look, Arkansas State had a really good wide receiver room last year. This year, do we have any do we have question marks? Because I kind of I kind of have a little bit. If we're doing the hesitant meter i'm about a little bit more hesitant on georgia state arkansas state was the most disappointing team last year i think uh when it comes to expectations to results so they have a lot of room to grow in that regard i think what what is your take out of this game scott hey go bears i should have wore my uca shirt again today what was i thinking come on man uh yeah, Butch Jones hit the transfer portal, mixed a lot of new guys with some old guys, obviously trying to compete right now, I think. I don't know how that'll work out. I think we're going to see a little bit, you know, against UCA because UCA is not a pushover. When I found the spread for this game, which was another one I had to search pretty deep for, because I was kind of surprised. On some games. I was, I was, it's like 10 and a half points for Arkansas State against an FCS team at home. That's bad. That's really, really bad. Um, but, hey, anything can happen. This team last year, I'll just run through it. Bad offensive line, really, really bad defense all around, despite having actual NFL talent on it. Forrest Merrill made an, an NFL roster, roster today. Justin Rice, he transferred out, but he's an incredibly – he was an incredibly good linebacker. Uh, Antonio Fletcher is a safety. He's, I love him. He's so athletic. And they're just bad. They're just really, really bad. So they get some new guys in, some new coaches. Uh, I know they're excited about Kevon Bennett from Tennessee. Uh, he's going to be the main pass rusher. That would be huge if they had that. I'm concerned about the offensive line. I don't think they did enough patchwork there. That could be the problem. But here's the big thing for me. Lane Hatcher, to me, is a good quarterback. I like Lane Hatcher. He doesn't make mistakes. 19 touchdowns, three picks. What do you have to say? I was going to say, but any time that you have to put a butt 
after something, the first half was bullshit. So let's hear it. What's the big but? The big the big but is not against Lane Hatcher. It's against, I think, Butch Jones. You bring in Florida State quarterback James Blackman. I think he's a good guy. I think he's got good leadership skills. Struggled a bit. Maybe he wasn't in the greatest situation at Florida State. And I think it I think having him around will only help Lane Hatcher. But Blackman does not need to start. It, it needs to be the Lane Hatcher show in Jonesboro because the guy is good. And when you have a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes and pushes the ball downfield like Hatcher does, you got to go with him. Blackman, I think, is going to be more prone to making mistakes. Uh, he's He looks like he should be mobile, but he's not. He's not going to give you any rushing yards. He's not much different, in my opinion, from Hatcher. And that's that's on the depth chart. You got James Blackman, a big little or, and Lane Hatcher. So – that's the last quarterback battle we have in the Sun Belt that is still undecided. See, what's interesting to me, Scott, is that Butch Jones is doing – you get two rebrands in the South when it comes to football. You either take over the Arkansas State job or you become an offensive specialist for Nick Saban. And he, in my opinion, took the harder of the two paths because Arkansas State for the longest time I, – I made this analogy, I think, last year – is the toy that's at the preschool that just keeps getting handed down and handed down and handed down. And for a while, they had a bunch of kids year after year who didn't break the toy. The toy's kind of broken. The toy's a little bit broken. And you got to take it to daddy to fix. And Butch Jones is not daddy. I don't think Butch Jones is the type of coach that can fix Arkansas State quickly. It's going to take a little bit. And uh, Red or, you know, Wolfpack fans or fans of Arkansas State should, in my opinion, uh, temper their expectations for this first year with Butch Jones. I, know I haven't seen a ton of people saying, like, hey, we're going to go a bowl game. But if you lose Texas State, if you play ULM close in just a really weird game, don't burn uh, your house down because that's where you're at this year. Do you know what Butch Jones's last job was? Was it not Tennessee? That's the last time I thought about Butch Jones. Offensive analyst at Alabama. No way. Yeah. Wow, look at me. <laughs> you caught it. You didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. Look at that. All right, let's talk about your Trojans. Troy opens their season against Southern. Let's talk about uh, the Trojans. Could you pick a bigger cupcake game for Troy? Yeah, yeah, ULM. Um, Southern – they, I think they played like six games last year, and they were good. They were 5-1, and one, uh, undefeated on the road. Uh, I say last year they played in the spring. So that's that's not a lot. I think it was mostly, you know, SWAC games. SWAC isn't the greatest conference in the world down there in the FCS. But, they, I mean, they had some fun football. But, it, yeah, I mean, this is a good game for brand-new quarterback Taylor Powell to uh, break in the new cleats, the new red cleats. Uh, this is Troy's third starting quarterback in three years. I believe Gunnar Watson was the guy last year, and then Caleb Barker was the guy the year before that. So, yeah, third quarterback in three years. I'm sure Troy would love some consistency. They've had troubles with uh, quarterbacks staying healthy, too. But this is a good tune-up game, and I think it's a good opportunity to see what you have because Troy is one of many Sunbelt teams that brought a lot back and then stacked a whole lot on top of it through the transfer portal. So there's a ton of depth. The last thing you want to see is mistakes, uh, big plays given up on defense. 
that would be a really, really, really bad sign for this Troy team. But I think that, yeah, this is this is about as tune-up-y as tune-up gets. I mean, if I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, Coastal's the only other team that's got an easier game. The only reason Coastal has an easier game is because Coastal is a better team, so the disparity is a little bit more. Yeah, but, you I, know, I, Troy is doing what Troy does. They're, they, they're in SEC country. They're taking a page out of those SEC West teams' books. Hey, we're going to get a cu- cupcake game to start the season, figure them some, some stuff out, and then move on from there. I love it. You know, not every team can be like, uh, like Texas State and get a Baylor team to come to town. So I get it. You know, it makes sense. Uh, look, I don't have a lot to say. I think Troy's going to win this game by a lot. Um, I like the Trojans this year. I don't like them more than the Cajuns. I like the Trojans this year, but you know, I this is a this is an easy win. I think this is a. It, two, is there anybody you like? Win. Is there anybody you like more than the Cajuns? Grayson McCall. That's about it. You're, you're going to put okay, but just Grayson McCall, not the not the Chanticleers, not the whole I, team. Here's the thing about the Chanticleers. There's a thing we like to call momentum, and they had a lot of it last year. This year, when, when you're the team with a target on your back, you have to kind of do it again, right? You got to prove yourself again. And they beat an NFL quarterback last year in Zach, uh, Zach Wilson. Neither one of us loved Zach Wilson, but not they, in that game, at least. Yeah, no, they, they beat him. Um, this year, you lost an NFL player. You lost some NFL players on defense. I think that the Chanticleers are going to be very good. I do not think that they're going to be great. I do not think the Chanticleers are going to have the same type of run they had last year this year. Well, here, here we go. I think Coastal has the easiest schedule in the country. No. The easier. Yeah. The Citadel, Kansas, Buffalo, UMass, ULM. Okay. You have an Arkansas easy State. thing. Buffalo's not a pushover, first off, but they lost their running back, and that's the only reason I I knew Buffalo existed last year. Well, you know, if you have a good running back, you're always going to get another one. I'm just saying the offensive line doesn't change a lot. I'm just, you know, look, you hear me? They play. They play App State. They play App State after a bye week. Let's see here. They don't have to play Coastal because they're Coastal. Troy, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Texas State, South Alabama. This is an easy schedule. Okay. And App State, by the way, by the way. come in undefeated. By the way, before they play at App State, that's a bye week. Before App State plays Coastal, they have to play at Louisiana the week before. They set the schedule up pretty nicely for the Chanticleers. So you think the Chanticleers go undefeated to the Sunbelt title game? Unfortunately, because I really felt like I was copping out when I did this, I gave Coastal a 12-0 record in the magazine. I did that because there's just no spot on this schedule where I see it happen. Even even if Buffalo is not a pushover, are they Coastal? Are they Coastal level? I mean, the only way Coastal like, loses so is – Why are you pushing back on my Cajuns take then? If you look, think- I'm not – look, look. I'm not saying Coastal is as good as Louisiana. I'm saying that this this schedule is going to allow them to win a whole lot of games this year. The only thing I can really look at and say what might happen is they get really soft after September. 
because they played the Citadel, they played Kansas, they played UMass. UMass is one of the three worst teams in the entire country. They get soft, and Arkansas State, Lane Hatcher, shocks them, wins, you know, 23-20 to 20 with a field goal at the last second. That's Sunbelt Madness right there. That's not even a, a wild thing to, to even think about. You know, that Arkansas State being close was a, a thing that could happen because you played ULM the week before and UMass before that. That's kind of how I view why, why Coastal, I think, will win a lot of games this year. I think Louisiana is the best team that's on Great. That was That's my really long roundabout way to get to Louisiana being the best. You wasted five minutes of my life just, and you could have said, I agree with you. That's just, you know, ego. What can you say? All right, last game, Southern Miss versus South Alabama. South Alabama is a one-point favorite, two-point favorite. It depends on what book you want to go to. Um, are they going to lose at home to start their season, Scott? Southern, it's so funny. These teams are, I think, on very similar paths. I think, you know, last year they were both really bad. And then this year they're both bad but not really bad. And they're kind of just moving in the exact same direction at the exact same pace. So it's really hard to gauge this game. And I think – Vegas thought the exact same thing. Uh, this line, I think, even started on Southern Miss's side. It's since moved to South Alabama's side. It's going to be close. I have some takes about South Alabama I wanted to talk about, and that's uh, they're going to average over 300 passing yards a game, and Keith Gallman might be the defensive player of the year, and they're going to win four games. That's my South Alabama take. So it's a 56 and a half over under, which makes me think that there's not going to be a ton of defense played in this one. Uh, it's tough when you average 300 yards a game and you have a defensive player of the year and you don't win any games, because let's be honest here. You could say the stats all day long. They, they tell a whole different story than this record on paper. And it's going to be very hard. I, especially, I, I don't know about you, be very hard for me to vote for a defensive player of the year for a team that doesn't have five wins. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, let's go back four or five years to win South Alabama safety. Jeremy Reeves won defensive player of the year. I think that team won six games. So that's kind of my thing. I, I'll go a little it's bit deeper here. Jeremy, no. Jeremy Reeves was coached by defensive coordinator Kane Womack, who is now the head coach of South Alabama who's going to bring the exact same system in, and his system relies on safeties, really good safeties. And that's what Jeremy Reeves was. Keith Gallman was the only player in the country last year who had 80 tackles and double-digit pass deflection. The guy's all over the field. He's obviously talented, obviously has a nose for the football. And I think being in that system that Womack runs on defense, which I think is a 4-2-5, I think I already said that, he's going to thrive. He's going to be really good. That's why I think he's got a shot at DPOY. The reason why I think this team won't win a lot of games, I don't think they're going to run the football well. Uh, they're one of the two teams like Texas State that has to completely rebuild their offensive line. If Bentley has time, he's going to throw it all over the field. Jalen Tolbert's the best wide receiver in the conference. They've got a, a transfer for Kentucky that's pretty good. Jalen Wayne is a good wide receiver. I think they're going to throw the ball well. I mean, we know who Jake Bentley is. He's been in college football. He's been, he's been playing for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. He's he's gonna he's gonna get his numbers. He is, but this team I don't think is the offensive line. I'm I'm not sold on. 
they were so unbelievably bad. I wish I had the notes because I actually, they were so, oh my God, they're right in front of me. Here we go. This team in 11 games on defense recorded just 13 sacks. On offense in 11 games, they allowed 40 sacks. They were unbelievably bad on the line of scrimmage last year. I, that's why I don't think they're going to win a lot of games because I don't think you improve, you know, that from like horribly abysmal to good in one year. So, but I still think they've got the individual talent to put up big numbers, even are if they, they don't win. Are they going to win Saturday? I, yeah, I wrote a W next to it because I don't like Southern Miss. There you go. All right. Before I let you go, rank these teams right now in the East, App State, Coastal, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, Troy. Coastal number one. Um, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Georgia State's number two. Okay, already off the rails, but continue. <laughs> uh, App State is number three. Troy is number four. They're going to go seven and five this year and fire Chip Lindsey. Georgia Southern is five. They're going to go four and eight and fire Chad Lunsford. All right. On the other side, Louisiana, Arkansas State, South Alabama, Texas State, ULM. Louisiana's number one. All right. You're going to love this. You're going to, this is what I predicted. Texas State is going to be five and six heading into the final game of the season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Arkansas State is going to be four and seven heading into the final game of the season. Arkansas State's done. They're not playing in a bowl game. Texas State needs one win to get to a bowl game. Arkansas State is going to win that game and finish second place in the in the West. Arkansas State number two, Texas State number three, uh, then South Alabama and ULM. You love it? It's a take. It's a take. So next week we will come back. We'll have a podcast for you guys, wrapping up this week's uh, games and then previewing a little bit what we can expect for week. Two. Scott, thank you so much for coming on with me. Plug your Twitter account, plug the Sunbelt Pages Twitter account, plug what else you need to plug here. I will. I'm already looking forward to next week. Miami, Florida Atlantic, North Carolina, Liberty, Memphis, a whole lot of fun teams to talk about next week. But uh, yeah, um, Scott Watkins, TU is the Twitter, uh, but don't follow me, follow SB Pages. We're going to tweet stuff, I'm sure, this year. Big plans. We're going to use our Twitter to tweet. You heard it. We're going to hit that blue button perhaps multiple times a day. There it is. Thanks so much, Scott. Thank you, Andrew.